Hi and welcome to the St Saviour's Finsbury Park podcast. Our vision is to be a church alive in God's love to serve the city. And we hope this teaching helps you to know God and serve him more wherever you've been uniquely placed. Let's jump in. Um, Hannah, can I invite you up to share a word with the church. Um, Just before the service began, Hannah had a word. It just sounded right on. And as the service has been going on, my sense is um, actually it's a a great place to start. So is that that all right just to share that? Thanks. Yeah, so just as we were praying earlier before the service, um, I was reminded of this little game I've played with my little dog, Reggie, who quite a few of you have met. (laughs) He's at the back today. Yeah, um, so I've been playing this game with his little treats. And when I need to, like, distract him, I've taken a handful of these treats and I've gone like this over the floor and called it a cascade. And um, God just called to mind that. And I just felt like this season of Advent from today onwards, there's going to be like a cascade of outpouring of his spirit on us as a church. Um, that those, like, individual kind of treats, like his gifts, I think this should be a season where we're really seeking his gifts and really seeking his... Um, his call to our lives and what, what that means. But yeah, outpouring like a cascade of his spirit over these next few weeks. So Hannah's going to pray for us now. She's going to pray that over us. Um, you might be thinking, uh, I, that needs a bit of unpacking and I'll, I'll do my best to unpack that in a second because I think it's right on actually. Um, but my encouragement is just to receive that. Uh, the Lord doesn't hang around. He blesses when he wants to bless. Uh, You don't need to be, as Beck said beautifully earlier, in a perfect place, super holy, have got up at 4am this morning to be praying your prayers, although that is amazing if you have, that is amazing. Come as you are. Advent and Christmas is a season where God gives the gift of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to a world that doesn't receive him well. Um, And it is a cascade of blessing, I love that word, an outpouring, an overflow of God's generosity, his love and his power. And we want to be a church that is attentive to that and is hungry to receive all that God has for us in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, Hannah's going to pray for us now as a church, but also individually. Can we just have a moment of quiet um, before, before she does that? I'd love for you to call to mind those areas of your life that, that feel like they're lacking in abundance. Uh, and yes, we can think of the, um, the things that are important. You know, lacking abundance in thankfulness. Oh, I feel like I've lost a bit of thankfulness lately. Um, lacking abundance in, in terms of faith. Lord, would you just pour out, cascade the gift of faith uh, over my life and the lives of those around me. But, but I also don't want to be too holier than thou and self-righteous. Uh, God is interested in the things you're interested in. If you're lacking money, uh, why don't you just say, Lord, I, I'm actually struggling a bit at the moment. Uh, if there's something um, going on at work or, or you're out of work, or if you call to mind someone you know who's really struggling in very practical ways, they haven't got enough food to eat, uh, or, they're, or they're just hard up, why don't we just pray that word cascade over them? The Lord would cascade his presence, his abundance, and his gifts this Advent season. Thanks, Anna. And so, Father, we thank you that you're here with us through your Holy Spirit. I thank you for that picture of you hovering over the waters as the earth was created and just call that image to mind so we can imagine how he's here with us now. And I thank you that 
whether we feel you working or whether we don't, as we sang earlier, you're with us in the waiting. And we're choosing to believe anyway that you're here with us. We thank you for your provision for us as a body of people coming together to worship as a community, as a parish. And we pray in Jesus' name, would you cascade over us with your spirit. But I thank you also, you call us to have an individual, intimate, personal relationship with you. And I just pray in Jesus' name that you would cascade into our hearts by your spirit. That this would be a season of outpouring and asking and receiving. And I just pray you would call to mind all of those things that you want us to ask. And I pray would you give us boldness in our prayers. In church but also in the quietness and the stillness of of home. Would you give us courage to ask. Knowing that the answer will always be, I have what you need. Thank you for this picture. I pray, would that be true, that this would be a season of outpouring on us. We love you, Lord. We worship you. And we want more of you in every part of our lives. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I haven't got loads more to add, but I'm going to waffle on for a few minutes. Um, I had a bit of a talk prepared, but it just feels a bit secondary now. Um, I just love us to stay in that place. Is that okay? I don't quite know what that even means, but I feel like the Lord is saying something to us that he wants us to lean into, step into, lay hold of, develop a hunger for this Advent season. And it begins now. It begins over the next few minutes and hours. And that's just the word abundance cascade, that God is a generous God. One of the great um, Johannine scholars, uh, I know you know that, but. Um, just to remind myself, someone who knows loads about the Gospel of John, David Ford, who's been uh, studying at Cambridge University for decades, said the single word that comes to mind when he wants to sum up the life of Jesus as John describes it in his Gospel is abundance. It's out of the overflow of his grace, grace upon grace upon grace. And I want you to know, I'm just a signpost, I'm just a messenger. I think I'm in line with the spirit in line of scripture. I just want you to know that Advent is a season above all else of unbelievable abundance and overflow. And it is there for us if we lay hold of it and we want it. Can I just name a few things that we're seeing at St. Saviour's that you've already heard of, but I'm just going to dust it off and remind us of again. How amazing was it when Jane stood up and told us about bread every fortnight, one hour, 12 to one. If you're working from home and you can give a bit of time to that, how incredible is that? That's abundance. That's a life of Jesus Christ overflowing into our community to meet the needs of the lonely, the isolated, the disconnected, and the lost. And through, through, through the joy. I loved what Jane said about Tesco's. I hope that's okay just to leapfrog off that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a leapfrog. I'm just a good frog. I've got nothing original. Um, I love it when we start walking around our community and asking in the power of the Spirit, Lord, would you speak to us about our community? I absolutely love the thought of Jane seeing a Tesco's advert that says something like, our story is a story of joy, I can't remember if I got this right, and we are the story of Christmas. But in the power of the Spirit, declaring that over the church and over this area, isn't that incredible? 
that, that joy in Christmas doesn't get reduced to a supermarket shop or uh, a consumerist agenda, but is discovered and rediscovered in the life, the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we go around um, our, our neighborhood, we pass Tesco's or Sainsbury's or wherever, Morrison's, why don't we just all pray that as a church? We'll thank you for your joy. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for Jesus. Um, I, I just let you know uh, every now and again, does, is this relevant? It's a bit random. But I, when I look at the roads, I, I just, years ago, I just felt like I wanted to pray that the roads would turn to rivers. I don't mean that literally, that would be very devastating. Um, but but, but in, in the spirit, Lord, would you pour your spirit? One of the pictures in the Bible of God's blessing is that there'll be a river running from the heart of the New Jerusalem out through the city and it will bring devastating life to wherever it touches. The spirit is water to the soul. Jesus says, I am the water of life. And so when I walk around this neighborhood and I'm on a busy road, usually the Hornsey Road or Sussex Way or Seven Sisters or Holloway, I literally just pray this prayer, Lord, would you bring the rivers of life? Would your roads flow with the river of the water of your spirit? Would you bring devastating life to this area? And we look up at the skies. We know that Jesus' name means a wide and open space. We say, Lord, thank you for the sky. But more than that, thank you that we worship a God whose name is a wide and open space. I pray, pray that you'd bring spaciousness and life over this area. When I see a tree just echoing Harry off that dwell reading plan, and I want to pick that up in a second as well, I'm just repeating things here. Lord, thank you that you're, you long for us to be deep-rooted in the waters of your life. That means your word, your spirit, and your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we do that, whatever our circumstances, we have the potential to grow strong, healthy, incredible roots. Uh, and to be like that tree that says it yields its fruit in season and its foliage never fades. And on and on and on. Maybe we could just go on a, ch- a journey this Advent as a church and start praying over our neighborhood in the physical through the spiritual. That is to say, uh, by the Holy Spirit, Lord, give us eyes to see that which you want us to pray for our communities, that this be a place of abundance and blessing. How amazing is the dwell, re- dwell reading plan? How incredible is that? C- can I just, almost for my sake, can we just give um, Harry and Jane and all these people who are doing these things a round of applause? <laughs> on a personal note, and I, I really am rambling and I'm going to get off soon, but on a personal note, as someone who has a little leader's hat on, yeah, I'm, I'm the leader of St. Saviour's, whatever that means. Uh, I do my best to sort of um, put my hat on from time to time. But so much of the life of this community is stuff that I'm just like, wow, that happened. I had no idea. I got an email from Chris last week that said, check out this dwell reading plan. Any feedback, let us know. And I opened it up and it was uh, this unbelievable resource that we're going to be blessed with as a community as we'll walk through the New Testament together. I just say, thank you, Lord, for your abundance. It's incredible. Um, I just want to also signpost the dance groups on Wednesday. Uh, Dance is a phenomenal sign of the kingdom of God. We're going to dance for joy in the land of the living. That's what the Bible says. So we've got to get used to dancing. And on Wednesdays, every Wednesdays, two amazing people called Chloe and Rachel run phenomenal dance classes for all ages, from like three up to uh, older. And, um, and it's for everyone. And at the moment, I just want you to know, I think, I think we could have more numbers. It's kind of busy, but it could be busier. And for me, it's one of the most important ministries on the quote-unquote edge of the church that we have. 
as I say, it's drawing in people from the community who oftentimes have never had experience of church or whose experience of church happened 10, 15, 20 years ago and they've not really been interested, but suddenly they're dancing in a church building and they can't believe what's happening here and how nice this building is and how nice everyone is to them and they get a cup of tea and a cup of coffee and their kids are looked after and they're dancing for joy. And it's this beautiful interconnection point between the life of the church and the life of the wider community. And I, for one, want to bless that ministry. On the 30th of November, that's this Wednesday at 5.30, having a showcase. That is to say, all the kids are going to put on a show and uh, demonstrate what they've been learning about. If you know any children in your local community uh, or any people who love dance to come along, the idea is for it to be an advert to our local community. And I'd love for us to back it, pray for it, celebrate it, advertise it, signpost it, um, so that we're doing all we can to support the ministry of Chloe and Rachel. Okay, really quickly. That the, the summing up word, and I, I'm just going to waffle on for a, for a few more minutes, is abundance. This is a season of abundance. Um, it shouldn't surprise us that Advent is a season where God draws near to us because the God we worship is the God who draws near. It doesn't have to be like that. We get used to it in the church. Yeah, we say, oh, God is the one who's with us. Emmanuel, God with us. And we're going to celebrate that. Isn't that incredible that God in Jesus Christ is with us? But we get used to that as if that's normative, but it's really not normative. If you're a Greek or a Roman ancient, the pantheon of gods was not a pantheon that drew near to you. It, it was a, it was a, a kind of far away, frightening, terrifying landscape of power, tyranny, and appropriation. And wherever the gods did interact with people, it was utterly terrifying. And I think we just need to lay hold of that as Christians, as the church, to recognize that when we say, Veni Emmanuel, in Latin, oh come, Lord Jesus, oh come and be with us. When we declare Advent and we celebrate the story, it is remarkable. It is amazing. But it shouldn't surprise us when you read the Bible. God is the God who reveals himself as the one who draws near from the beginning all the way through to the end. We see in Genesis 2 the intimate closeness of the act of creating human beings. Adam humanity is formed by God, we're told in Genesis 2, taking some dust of the ground and then breathing literally into his nostrils. Let's take a moment to recognize the intimacy of that. The breath of God is breathed into Adam's nostrils. It's close, proximate, near, intimate, even at the beginning. Jesus, uh, in John 20, we're told, breathes his breath over his disciples as he welcomes in the spirit, the great advocate, the comforter, the paraclete, the one who draws alongside us, who is to come and, and fuel the early church. The breath of God, as Christians, as Christians, it is possible for us to feel the breath of the Lord himself, not just on us, but in us. Adam, he said, he breathed into Adam's nostrils. It's an arresting image. But that's the kind of intimacy and the kind of closeness that we're invited into at Christmas and in Advent.
Here's another intimate picture from the Bible, marriage. This isn't just for married types or, or people who've been married and aren't married anymore, people who long to be married. It's really not about human marriage, but one of the metaphors of the relationship between the church and the Lord is of a husband and wife. How intimate and close is that? The Bible begins with a marriage in Adam and Eve. It ends in a marriage at the end of Revelation. One of the ways that the Bible describes the relationship between Israel and God is of a husband and wife. The first miracle Jesus performs, we're told in the Gospel of John, is at a wedding in Cana in Galilee. Jesus tells a parable about a person who's invited to a wedding and isn't wearing the right clothes. Uh, just linger on that for a moment. We are invited to a wedding. That's the kind of spirit and atmosphere you're invited into through Jesus Christ. Put the clothes on. You wouldn't turn up to a wedding out of garb. Don't turn up to church. Don't turn up to life with Jesus Christ um, wearing uh, drab clothes when you're invited to wear your best outfit. It's a wedding. And in Revelation, we're told that all of history and time and space is being drawn together to what's called the wedding supper of the Lamb, where we're going to celebrate and enjoy. It's a picture of proximity, intimacy, nearness, and closeness. Another metaphor that's used in the Old Testament is of a parent and child. Again, we'll all have different experiences of parenting and having parents. It's not primarily designed uh, to describe uh, the human, though it has that a dimension to it, but it's a signpost, a shadow, a pointer to a much deeper and greater reality, which is that the Lord has revealed himself in Scripture and through Jesus Christ as a father. Not as, primarily as a master, not as a tyrant, not as someone you just slavishly obey, but as your dad. We're told that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and by the way, that's available to all of us all the time, anywhere, anytime. And if you haven't ever asked for, to be filled with the Spirit, I'd love to invite the Spirit in a second and invite you to be filled with the Spirit. One of the many beautiful things that the Holy Spirit does is tell our spirit that we can call Dad, call God Dad. The word is Abba. The Spirit testifies to our spirit that we're brought into the presence of a holy father. And so um, I think that's kind of it today, isn't it? I mean, I don't know if I've got much more to say. We're stepping into Advent. Um, we're looking forward to Christmas. I, for one, cannot wait. I love Christmas. I know there'll be people in this room who hate Christmas. Uh, but I love Christmas. I love it all. I love the lights, the tinsel, the baubles, and definitely the gifts. It's a phenomenal season. But as the church, God's word to us, I believe, here at St. Saviour's and, and his church, is there is an invitation available to us this morning to enjoy the cascade, the overflow, the abundance of his many, many blessings that are all found and located in the Lord Jesus Christ. The kingdom is an upside-down kingdom. You don't have to cross the finishing line by running the race. Often the blessings of the end of the journey are poured out to those who haven't even begun. When Jesus is baptized, 
the heavens open and the voice of his heavenly father says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And we said over and over again, at that point, Jesus has not demonstrated any of the miracles, the manifestations and the wonders and signs that we now celebrate and, and love him for. Walking on water, raising the dead, Lazarus, healing the sick, being so amazing that people say, said to him, everything he does, he does well. Being so powerful that crowds followed him that he'd have to get on a boat to teach them because the crowds were pressing in on him or climb up a mountainside. So available that when his best friend John the Baptist is beheaded, executed by King Herod and all he wants is time alone to grieve the loss of his mate. His disciples come up to him and say, Jesus, we have a problem. There are 5,000 people here and we only have a few loaves and fishes. And it is out of that place of vulnerability, fragility and grief that Jesus performs the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. How incredible is that? After the miracle, he heads off again, wants time alone. He's available. And I think the invitation for us this Christmas is to just say, come Holy Spirit, come Lord Jesus, come again into my life. Fill me afresh and demonstrate your abundant power when we are near him, when we allow him to draw near to us as though his breath were filling our nostrils like with Adam in Genesis 2 or that Jesus himself would breathe on us as in John 20. Suddenly we experience the kind of power that is demonstrated in our human weakness. So can I invite us to stand? Is that okay? We're going to come to the Lord's table in a moment. And all I'm going to do, we said it's, it's really not magic. It's not particularly clever. But it is what we're called to do. Is I'm just going to ask for the Holy Spirit to fill us afresh at the beginning of Advent. So Lord, when we ask for your spirit, it's always a confessional moment as well. You are the great comforter. And your spirit is the one who draws alongside us. But the spirit is also the one who tells the truth about Jesus and in light of that about us. And that could be uncomfortable. So as we just wait a moment on the Spirit, and we just allow God to stir up any areas of our lives, our hearts, our minds, that aren't quite right, or real, or true. And let's just be brave and courageous and stay in that place of honesty and vulnerability as the Spirit lovingly draws alongside us. It just reminds us that we're in a good place with the Lord, but he may want to do some work. Holy Spirit, would you come? Thank you, Father. I heard this recently and it sounded amazing. 
Wisdom may get you to Jerusalem, but only revelation will get you to Bethlehem. And I think one of the things that's getting at is that we can, by our own efforts, our cleverness, perseverance, we, we can get quite far. We could even get to Jerusalem. But unless God's power by his spirit opens our eyes and unstops our ears, softens our hearts, we, we won't get to Bethlehem. And that's what we want. So Holy Spirit, would you, would you fill us with the revelation of Jesus? Open our eyes to see him and our ears to hear him. We pray all this in your name as we come to the table. going to say the words in yellow I'd like to encourage you to say the words in white the Lord is here his spirit is with us lift up your hearts lift them to the Lord let us give thanks to the Lord our God it is right to give thanks and praise almighty God good father to each of us your face is turned towards your world. In love, you gave us Jesus, your son, to rescue us from sin and death. Your word goes out to call us home. To the city where angels sing your praise, we join them in heaven's song. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Father of all, we give you thanks for every good gift that comes from heaven. To the darkness, Jesus came as your